What is up, Encounter? How we doing? Man, it's good to be here. Uh, for those of you who I haven't met yet, my name is Phil. I'm one of the staff around here and been doing this for a long time. I love this place. I sat in these exact seats when I was a student here at ISU. I met some of the best people I've ever met in my life. Met my wife here. My life was changed sitting in the seats you're sitting in tonight. Um, and so just know that what you hear tonight comes straight from the heart of somebody who loves this place, who loves y'all, who loves what God is doing here on campus pretty deeply. Uh, like I said, I, I'm married, have a beautiful wife, I have two beautiful kids, uh, one four-year-old and one one-month-old. If you've been at the, any of the Welcome Week events, in, you've probably seen my stroller around, um, honestly. 95% of the sermon was written between the 2.30 a.m. and the 4.30 a.m. time frame because that's my feeding time that I get to sit and be with my baby and my God. So if this doesn't make sense, I'm sorry. <laughs> here's what I want you to, to remember, though, when you leave tonight. If you don't remember anything else, here's what I want you to remember. When you meet Jesus, everything changes. If you're a note taker, go ahead and and uh, go ahead and write that down. When you meet Jesus, everything changes. Two things are going to happen tonight. If you are in this room tonight and you don't know who Jesus is, first of all, welcome. I'm so, so pumped that you are here. I know it takes guts to come to a place where you don't know exactly, you don't get the full frame of what's happening. Welcome, honestly. I would love to like sit right across and you, look in your eyes, shake your hand, and say, I'm, I'm so glad you're here. Um, tonight, I want to tell you who Jesus is. Simple. And the second thing I want to do tonight is if you do know who Jesus is, I want to mobilize you. If you know who Jesus is tonight, I want to mobilize you. And for those of you who have been around here for a long time, for the juniors and the seniors in the room, tonight is typically the night where I get to come up here and I get to preach and I get to pump you guys up and I get to announce the mission trips for the whole year. Tonight, that's not happening. <laughs> Usually, it's a dope, exciting night. Tonight will still be a dope, exciting night. Um, but that's going to be happening in, in a few weeks here, later in September. Okay? So I just don't want you to be hanging on, uh, you know, sitting at the edge of your seat, be like, he's going to announce the mission trips. We know where we're going this year. And then we get to the end and be like, womp, womp. Okay? So please still love me at the end of this, okay? Um, here's where we're going to be picking up tonight, Luke 19. We're going to continue on our Behold series, and tonight we have a Behold statement that actually doesn't come from Jesus, but it comes uh, from one of his followers. So here in Luke 19, um, we get to meet Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector. Now, if we know anything about tax, if you know anything about what a tax collector means, it probably is the most disgusting, despised, horrific person you could be in a society. And it's not because of, like, who you are necessarily, uh, but it's more because what you choose to do. The chief tax collector pretty much is a, is a Jewish man who works for Rome to take away all of the Jews' money, okay? So that's like your cousin, who you grew up with, working for the IRS, and coming hard for you to take away all of your money 
just so the IRS could be happy. Probably not going to like your cousin too much, right? Um, so here we have a look at this. This is Zacchaeus. Nobody likes him. Um, but we, we catch him at a moment as Jesus is coming. He is really interested in seeking out who this Jesus man is. And so he does whatever he can to kind of put himself in the path of Jesus and he climbs up this tree to be spotted. Probably heard the story. He was a short man, whatever. We don't need to get into that tonight because I don't have time. But this is where we pick up here in Luke 19 where Jesus comes across Zacchaeus. And when Jesus came to the, to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, the people around them, the other Jewish people, the religious folk, they all grumbled. He has gone to be in the guest of a man who is a sinner. Verse 8 says, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. When you meet Jesus, everything changes. And tonight we're going to be going to three specific things that change when we meet Jesus. The first one is, when you meet Jesus, what you think changes. When you meet Jesus, what you think changes. We start here, where I picked up here in verse 5 and 6. And it said, when Jesus came to this place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. You see, before Zacchaeus meets Jesus, here's what Zacchaeus probably thinks about himself. We don't know this. That's in the Bible. Don't quote me on this, but this is probably what he thinks about himself. Yeah, everybody hates me. Hmm. Yeah, I may be rich, I may have a lot of money, but my life is worthless because I have no friends. Zacchaeus is probably thinking, I'm never going to be happy. He's probably thinking to himself, it's too late. It's too late for me to change things. And you guys, what we have here is a picture of Jesus physically coming up to Zacchaeus. And saying, hey, come down here. I want to be with you. Y'all, Jesus loved Zacchaeus when nobody else did. Here's what, here's what Jesus speaks into his life in this exact moment. Jesus is saying, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I love you. He's saying, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. You're worth everything to me. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. You're going to find your joy in me. Zacchaeus, come down. It's never too late to change. Whew. And here why the, here, here's why this hits me hard tonight. It's because I know there are people in this room who walked in and sat in these seats and say those same lies to themselves. I'm hated. I'm not good enough to be here. Not smart enough, smart enough to be in my classes. Yeah, people say they're my friends, but they're not really my friends. Yeah, I've done too much in my life. It's too late to change. And listen, everyone else in 
that world might have written off Zacchaeus, but Jesus did not. Today, Jesus has come to, to that place and he has said, come down. I love you. And today, he gets to come into this room and speak over the same lives that we live with and say, hey, Michael, Emma, Jake, Bobby, Sarah, I love you. It's not too late. You're worth something to me. Notice what Jesus did not say to him. He did not go up and say, Zacchaeus, hey, I want, I want you to follow me, but get your affairs in order first. Quit your job. Go say sorry to all these people. Do X, Y, Z. He didn't say that. He said, I'm coming to your house because that's how it is with Jesus. And what do we see that Zacchaeus did? Pretty simple. He came down and received him joyfully. He came down and received him joyfully. You see, God's word said, he, said he's going to knock at our door. He's going to knock on our door. And if we hear him and we open up that door, he's going to come through and he's going to have dinner with us. You know, that's my kind of God. <laughs> he says you just got to open up the door. What does that look like in your life? Not much. It's you sitting in that seat and saying, yeah, God, I don't have my life together. Yeah, God, I need some help. Yeah, God, I don't know what it looks like to follow you, but I'm willing to try. God's word says, if you open that door that's being knocked on, he'll come in and feast with you. You see, in that moment of meeting Jesus, everything about the way that Zacchaeus thought about his life changed. He was no longer masked by his insecurities because of who he thought people, who he thought like people thought of him, because Jesus called him his beloved. He was he no longer thought that he had to do this job to be successful in life because Jesus said, In that moment, your fulfillment is found in me. And so it shifted. You see, we cannot meet Jesus in a genuine way and think the same way we did before we met him. When you meet Jesus, what you think changes. Romans 10, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's all. And y'all, tonight, we have a beautiful picture, a physical representation of somebody doing that. And we're going to celebrate a baptism at our campus house right after tonight. And tonight, Megan gets to stand up in front of her encounter family and says, I'm giving my life to you, God. And so tonight, we get, to, we get to join her, if you're available to do that, to see what this looks like physically, to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. When you meet Jesus, what you think changes. Second thing we see from this scripture is that when you meet Jesus, what you see changes. When you meet Jesus, what you see changes. Y'all, if you were to know one thing about me, well, there's a lot of things to know about me. If you need to know something about me, is that I love to show people things that I love. Okay? I think I have a pretty good taste in things. And so, like, if I'm like, if I, and I say that in all humility, the things that I like are pretty dope. And so, if I really, really like something, 
I really want to like bring you along because that's like a way of me showing you that I love you because I want you to experience the goodness of that. Does that make sense? And so, you know, I really love Mexican food. There's a place in town that I think is, is dope, Los Patrios. If you've never been there, yes, very good. They have an incredible plate there called the burrito cheesesteak. Y'all, it is everything you could ever want in a plate. And so, legit, like, if I find out that you haven't been there, I'll take you there. And we will have burrito cheesesteaks together. And I literally sit, I sit there kind of like an excited puppy, like, watching your reactions, like, Oh my gosh, does he like it? And, and 99% of the time, people are thrilled. They're ecstatic. They're like, that was the best thing I've ever eaten. So good. And that 1% of the time, it's like, yeah, it was all right. It was all right. Do you hate me? You see, what's happening there is I put, I'm putting myself in, in, in their situation. I'm putting myself... Um, in, in the middle of their experience and saying, like, because I love this so much, because my life was changed by this burrito cheesesteak, cheese because I think this is the right way to eat Mexican food, um, sometimes my expectations could be let down if the reaction isn't what I want. You see, what happens is when we meet Jesus, what we see changes. And what we see is almost a, um, a zoomed out view of the world. And all of a sudden, we're not in the middle of it. Before I met Jesus, I was in the middle of my own world. When I met Jesus, the way that I saw the world changed because I wasn't in the middle of it anymore. When I'm in the middle of, uh, uh, of my own world, when I'm sitting on my own throne, when I remove Jesus and his lordship out of it, what happens is that my expectations are never met. Galatians 2, verse 20 says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, living in Christ means that it's okay that you didn't like the burrito cheesesteak as much as I do. Living in Christ means that it's okay if we voted for somebody different in the election. Living in Christ means that the way that you're figuring out what your walk with Jesus looks like is different than mine, and that's okay. You see, living in Christ means that I am no longer the center of this world, but that Christ is. And my satisfaction and my worth, and my value comes from him, not from what I expect to be given. When we are on our own throne, when we are in the center of our own world, we seek control. We want our expectations to be met, and we're missing the greater vision of what God is doing. Verse 7, when they saw it, the religious crowd, when they saw Jesus go up to Zacchaeus and say, come down, I'm staying with you tonight. When they saw it, they grumbled. They said, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. The main thing that was keeping Zacchaeus from Jesus was the religious crowd. Mm. 
I think one of the biggest problems people have with Christianity today is the moralistic, self-righteous, religious crowd. They have a problem with it because they feel judged. Because they feel like they don't belong. Man, and we, and we see it earlier in Luke. What he says about the Pharisees putting the law before the love. We see it when the disciples, when they're rushing off the kids. We see it um, with the crowd who's shutting down the, the blind beggar. I think the question we need to be asking ourselves as the church is the way that we do things making it harder for people to come to Jesus? Is the way that I'm doing things as a follower of Jesus coming in the way of people coming to Jesus? And if you're in this room and you've been hurt by the church before, if you've been hurt by people who call themselves Christian, I just want to say I'm sorry. I want to tell you that people aren't perfect, but Jesus is, and that he sees you, and he knows you, okay? And if you're in this room, and you're a follower of Jesus, and you find yourself now, or you have found yourself before, or you might find yourself in the future, in a season where all you can be is nothing but critical towards the church, their worship team isn't good enough, they're too clicky, Everyone's fake over there. They don't go deep enough. I think what we tell ourselves we're doing is, yeah, we're being a part of this. My critiques are going to help the church be better. What I think we're doing is tricking ourselves and becoming a consumer rather than being the church. Because when we put ourselves in the middle of the room, when we put ourselves in the middle of our own world, when we take Christ off the throne and put ourselves on our own throne, what comes off is criticism. What comes off is judgment and self-righteousness. And so if you find yourself in that position, my heart is with you and I would love to challenge you to take a step back and pray to to the Lord and ask him, how can I move from the space of being a consumer of the church and move to a space of being the church? Ask, Ask God tonight, God, how do I be the church? I want that for you and I want that for me. Y'all, when we shift our thoughts and focus of being the church, here's what happens it changes the way you see your living situation. Your annoying roommate who snores all night long changes the way you see that person. When you shift to focus on being the church, it changes the way you see your classrooms and your classmates and the people that you're going to be in group projects with who are going to challenge your patience. It changes the way you see your work. It changes the way you see your family. It changes the way you see your relationships. Colossians 3 says, And having put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. When we see those things from the viewpoint of their creator, we treat them with grace and with gentleness and with patience. When you meet Jesus, what you see changes. Last thing tonight. When you meet Jesus, what you do changes. 
to finish up this section of scripture. It says, And Zacchaeus stood, and he said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will restore it fourfold. When you meet Jesus, what you do changes. Here's what I need to remind you here tonight. Let's not get this twisted, okay? Zacchaeus was not saved because he said he was going to give half of his money, okay? That is a works-based theology. That is not what we believe here. That's a false theology. You will not be saved because you say you will do A, B, C, okay? But what he promises here, what he promises to Jesus, um, it comes, I think it comes from from the understanding of the grace and love that Jesus gave to him. That this desire to do good comes because his, his soul and his heart is changing. What we do, the way that we extend our love, the way that we extend the grace that we are given from Christ, points people and shows them who the character of God is. You see, he trusted Jesus as Lord. And then he gives. And the evidence of his faith is that he promises to make things right for everything that he made wrong. You see, his promise was a proof of a changed heart. It wasn't a means to it. So what changes for us? What changes for us when we say yes to Jesus? See, I don't do things to win God's approval. I do things in response to his approval. I don't do things so that he'll love me. I serve and I give of myself and my resources and my energy because he already does love me. I don't give because he'll forgive me, but because he already did. And so here's what I want us to, here's what I want us to be known for here at Encounter. I would love for us to be known as, as people who love Jesus. People who love Jesus. And what does that look like? That looks like broken, normal people trying to figure out um, what it looks like to chase after him. It's being honest with the people around us that we mess up. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Ben isn't perfect. Nobody on staff is. We mess up and we find ourselves needing reminders of who Christ is and how we should be seen and how should we, we should be thinking and how we should be doing this life in light of our relationship with Christ. I would love to be known as people who are joyful. I would love to be known as people who extend kindness and gentleness, who are loving. And y'all, tonight we have the opportunity to commit ourselves this semester to doing something different. When you meet Jesus, what you do changes. And I think that in this commitment that we will make tonight, we're going to find ourselves in a place where our relationship with Jesus is deepened and stretched while we do it alongside people who commit to that as well. And so tonight... We'd love to invite you to join our service teams. 
For those of you who are new at this place, I'll explain a little bit about what these look like. But it's something that I'm just, I am super excited about. My life was changed. Like I said, sitting in these, in these seats, being challenged that my life, that the, that, that, the, that, the, that the outside of my life should reflect what God was doing on the inside of my life. And that was, I don't know, 13, 13 years ago that that was happening. And y'all, I found so much joy and passion in inviting students into that same walk. And so tonight, here is our effort at doing that. We have four different teams here at Encounter. And these teams are put together to give you an opportunity to serve, to give you an opportunity to, um, to, to, to kind of share out of the overflow of what God is doing in your heart to the people around you and the campus around you and the community around you. First team we have is the Belong team. And the Belong team, um, their heart is to serve our ministry. Their heart is to create a space for people to feel welcomed, for people to bump into Jesus. And so people who would be great to sign up for this, for this team are people who are looking um, to do that for the, for the people around them. It's a great opportunity to meet new people, to put on events, and to create a space that we are able to say, hey, you're welcomed here. We want you here. We want to know your name. The next team we have is our Adore team. And our Adore team is committed to creating spaces to connect with the Lord. And they do this in different ways, musically and artistically. And, and um, perfect, perfect team for people who love worship, for people who love art, for people who are really passionate about prayer. Our hope is that as a ministry, we are creating spaces for each other to, um, to be able to enter the throne room, kneel before the throne, and give ourselves to the Lord on a regular basis. If that's something that interests you, please consider joining this team. Our next team is the Engage team. And our heart for the Engage team is to engage the campuses that we're living on. We have, like Ben mentioned, we have a bunch of different campuses represented here, ISU and Heartland, Wesleyan, maybe some ICC, some, some Lincoln, Liberty, whatever. Wherever you're at, we're excited that you're here. What I want to remind us is that we are living in maybe the biggest mission field you'll ever live on in your life. So what does that mean? We want you here. We're super excited for you to join a church um, on, on Sunday on Sunday morning to, to, um, to experience a life and a walk with Jesus in that way. But we would love you here on campus as well, on the front lines, showing our campus exactly what we're talking about tonight what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. So if you have a heart for the lost, if you have a heart for reaching our campus in different and unique ways, please join this team. Last team I have here for you is Extend. They're just like slowly kind of getting up. We're excited too about belonging to doors, so you know. Um, you have a unique opportunity to engage in this community around you as you are here for one, two, three, four five, six years maybe. Um, you will be doing yourself a disservice if you spend your whole time here at college 
and you don't see what God is doing in the community around you. This, the Extend team gives you opportunities to serve, to learn, and to grow from what God is doing around us. Gives us opportunities to partner with organizations um, and, and see and expand maybe what your passions are. Between those four opportunities, here's what I want from you. There's our uh, Instagram if you want to go ahead and follow that here tonight. This is where all the info for all of those teams are going to be found. Um, but tonight, here's what I'm asking for you. The band's going to come up here in a minute, and we're going to finish up with two songs. And I want for us, as a part of our worship, as an extension of our worship, I want us to pray over, Lord, where do you want me this semester? Lord, out of, the, out of the excess of what you're doing in my heart, because I know who you are, because I know who you say I am, where can I be serving and giving of my time and resources this semester? And what I want you to do is I want you to pick one or two of those. No more than that. I know there are people in this room who are chomping at the bit and saying, I want to serve in every single one of these. I get you. I'm a high-capacity person, too. But I want you to really pray and, and surrender to the Lord. Lord, where should I be serving? Where's the one or two places that I should dive in deep? Where can I, my gifts be used? Where can I be stretched? Which team makes me the most uncomfortable? Maybe I should be doing that one. What I want you to do is I want you to pick up the, the cards underneath your seat tonight. And I want you to hold them in your hands when you're worshiping. And when you're ready, there's a pen underneath your seat as well. Go ahead and fill that out. Fill that out. I want you to check one of those boxes, whichever box it is that you feel called to. And I want you to keep that in your hand while you're worshiping. And for some of you, that means you're holding it up in the air. For some of you, that means you're holding it here. But at the end of tonight, when we leave, we're going to drop those in the baskets right at, the, right at your door. Um, and, and, you're, and you're surrendering to the Lord what this semester could look like. See, tonight, when you, drop that, um, when you drop that card in the bucket, here's what you're saying. You're saying, Lord, I trust you. You're saying, Lord, I understand when I, when I meet you, everything needs to change. And my prayer for you is that who you are as a follower of Jesus at the end of the semester is different, maybe because of the commitment you make tonight. Maybe because Jesus becomes real to you in a way he never has before. Or maybe because you have no idea what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. And tonight is the night that you hear him knocking at your door and you say, okay, I hear you. Let's figure this out. What happens when we meet Jesus, when you think about yourself, what you were made for, it changes happens when you meet Jesus is how you see your campus and the students who walk it, it changes. What happens when you meet Jesus is what you do and what you give of your time and your resource, it changes. Let's pray over that tonight. God, you're good. And even when we don't deserve it, you still call us down from that tree. Even when we walk into this room feeling like there's no way it's too late to change, you say that it's not. 
even when we have nothing to give, you still knock on our door. And so, Lord, tonight, take our feeble attempts to give. Lord, tonight, may those boxes that are being checked, may they be a catalyst for changed lives. That 13 years from now, students from this room could look back and say, God, changed my life in that room. And maybe it's not tonight. Maybe it's a week from now or at fall retreat or when you stand up at your baptism and say, I'm surrendering to the Lord. But God, we trust the timing to you. We take ourselves off of that throne. We take ourselves out of the middle of the room. And we zoom out. Seeing that everything you're doing here is for your good. Seeing that everything you do on our, on our campus is yours. And seeing that everything that we have to give can be given to you. The one who loves us, the one who's patient with us, and the one who graciously receives us. It's in your name we pray. Amen.